first of all, it starts with a spectacular sense of arrival. You come by private boat, you cruise the lagoon from St. Mars Square, and you enter in basically almost into the lobby of the hotel by boat. It's really like a, a movie. That's Cristiano Cabuti. He's the general manager of the JW Marriott Venice Resort and Spa, located on Rose Island, or as the locals say, Isola della Rosa, on the Venetian Lagoon. I visited back in 2018, and I definitely remember breathing in the salty air, catching the scent of freshly manicured grass, the buildings with floor-to-ceiling windows and arches, a beautiful spa feeling when you walk in. Every time we have people coming here, especially when they arrive from the hustle and bustle of Venice, they immediately say, ah, finally we breathe here. There is some more air. It's really, really relaxing. This is Behind the Design, a podcast where we take you behind the scenes to explore the stories of the world's most fascinating hotels. I'm Robin Benefield, Editor-in-Chief of Marriott Bonvoy Traveler. We're all looking for an escape from the worries of the world these days. We're looking for a place to rest, to tend to ourselves. So today, I'm headed to Isola della Rosa. First... I'll uncover the island's backstory and how it inspired the creators of this resort to create a haven for well-being. You have the breeze coming from the ocean, from the sea, mixed with the breeze coming from the lagoon and the green area, which is in the island, which makes a perfect mix to heal the people. And later, we'll talk to executive chef Giorgio Schifferegger about the island's garden and locally grown cuisines. What I try to do and offer to my guests is a grandmother taste with, of course, a chef technique in terms of preparation and the new way of food. But first, our conversation with the general manager, Cristiano, about how the island was designed for wellness and how architect Matteo Tune's design elements reflect his philosophy of well-being. Matteo really focused on integrating the contemporary elements rather than replacing the 19 buildings that were originally on the island. The other element that he really announced is the green, creating a sense of privacy and sense of space, especially from one building to another, and also dividing the various, uh, let's say, uh, bushes and, you know, and, and trees making sure that every single building has its own privacy and its own character. It seems like a really smart architectural choice, right? Playing off of what you have and then modernizing it, building upon what's there. And it sounds really, really smart. The other thing I'm really struck by, we know that Venice itself is historic and the way you want to preserve that history and culture through the architecture. What are some of the things that Matteo Tun did to preserve the architecture? Um, you know, were there certain materials that he wanted to make sure that he used and, and things like that? I mean, everything in, in Venice is listed. So basically it's under the uh, uh, 
uh, let's say, supervision of the municipality to make sure that, you know, we have a continuity in terms of architecture. I remember a particular case where, because we have a church here, Italy is, is Christian by, <laughs> you know, by nature. Every Sunday we had a mass, right? we have a celebration. And now the church is, is not consecrated anymore, but uh, it used to operate as a church. And when I came in 2013, I remember the bell was collapsed and the ceiling was collapsed. There were a lot of bricks, typical red bricks that were not there anymore. And I remember the monumental effort from Matteo Thun and the team to uh, rebuild the church from scratch and to give co really continuity to the architecture that was there in the past. And it was a, a monumental effort to find those red bricks. I remember that we kind of try to, you know, to find them everywhere possible to, uh, to make sure that we could, you know, build the church and to bring it back to the uh, beauty that it, it is now. The other thing I guess I want to talk a little bit about is the greenery. Particularly, there's this olive grove that just springs up out of the middle of the property. And then you have the vegetable garden that still exists and, and is being used in your restaurants and in dishes uh, there as well. Can you speak more about that green space and how it adds to the feeling of the island? Yeah. So before becoming a clinic, it was a, a garden. I guess this is where the, the name Rose Island or Isola de Rose came from. And not only a garden, uh, you know, botanical garden, but also a vegetable garden. The olive trees are unique in the city because there are no other places in Venice with olive trees. We produce our own olive oil for our customers. You know, they, when they come in October, they see the harvest then go to the mill and see how the olive oil is produced. Fantastic. We can't overlook a very important part of the resort, which is the spa and is a part of this whole story of healing and wellness on the property. What I remember about it is it's that it's kind of in a prime location, right? It's on the edge of the island with the lounge chairs and the beds, you know, perfectly positioned to just kind of lay back after a treatment and stare out at the lagoon. Can you tell me a little bit about the spa and the design choices there and creating that space? The spa is made of, let's say, two out of these 19 buildings, two are devoted, let's say, to the spa. It's a big component of our offering. And we have a wet area. So in one of the two buildings, we have a wet area where we basically have indoor-outdoor pool. And the outdoor pool is where, uh, as a standing view over the lagoon and the skyline of Venice. And then we have, we have the biosona, we have the, the finished sauna, we have the amam. And then we have another building where we have the treatment rooms. Each of the treatment rooms, and this is again quite unusual, has its own garden and terra. So basically after the massage, you can uh, drink an herbal infusion and admire the panorama where you, of course, you see again the lagoon and the, and the skyline of Venice. And, and this is really connecting again to the world and is really, really relaxing. The idea this year is to, uh, to push on the mindfulness element. The, the space will be also utilized for yoga session, uh, mindfulness session, self-care session. So of course, connecting all the dots with the rest of the kind of mindfulness state that, uh, you know, it comes 
along with stepping into the resort. Yeah, it's a part of why you come, right? You've come there to um, escape to a certain degree, right? And so that spa experience, you know, just takes it to another level, really. What does self-care mean to you? You know, it's so easy to think this is a luxury experience, but could this be seen as a necessity in some ways that it's something that we all need to take time to take care of ourselves? Yeah, indeed. You know, you spend time at work, uh, you get stressed, etc. You need to spend uh, some time for you and for yourself. I mean, it's not, it, it shouldn't be like a big thing, you know, to just lay down, you know, for 10 minutes and just breathe, which helps also to refocus. For me, also the breakfast is a self-care, you know, having a, a breakfast with some fruits and some seasonal fruits. And uh, for me, and orange juice is already uh, taking care of myself instead of rushing out and, uh, you know, maybe drinking just coffee and maybe, <laughs> you know, starving at 10 o'clock and then you are looking for some food. Yes, that's very simple, right? It's not that complex. It's just taking that moment. It's almost like a little bit of a reset, right? You just kind of, as you say, take a breath. What are some of the things you want a guest to feel after they've spent time on the island? And and how do you hope that the whole experience, the architecture, the grounds, the spa, how do you hope that these things have facilitated that? I think it it comes really natural, Robin. I think, you know, what we see is that our customers are, first of all, are not first time visitor in Venice. So they've been here before. Automatically, they already take their time, you know, at the spa, at the pools, even at the cooking school, no? So they can, you know, learn something new and they do it for themselves. While here, also, we see that translated in the length of stay where the typical length of stay with us is much longer than in other hotels in, in the city center. And this is because people take their time, their time to visit, but also the time to relax and enjoy. Well, Cristiano, this has been a pleasure. It's been wonderful to take this moment to escape to the JW Marriott Venice. I really appreciate you taking the time and, and sharing the history of the island with us. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me, Robin. And uh, I look forward to welcome you back. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <the> <laughs> When Cristiano mentioned the olive grove, it reminded me of my own experience tasting fresh olive oil and how guests get to eat fresh foods directly from the island itself. I spoke with executive chef Giorgio Schifferegger about the gardens at the resort and where he gets his philosophy of food. When I was a child, I helped grandmother in the vegetable garden to clean, to give the water, to harvest the the vegetable. a lot of potatoes, a lot, a lot of potatoes and beans and haricot. And it was really an incredible location for me. And I have a lovely souvenir. And maybe this important souvenir give to me uh, my uh, food concept and food philosophy, I think. 
I like to give and offer from the breakfast to the, the last dessert in the evening the same love and touch like mom, my grandmother or my father because my grandmother and my father are the most important person for me and they give me the good way about eating well. So for me it's important because when American or people from other country come in Italy, they must have for me Italian taste and Italian flavor. And the best way to give this is with the grandmother's secrets. So when you taste something, you have to say, wow, wonderful. Like me when I was a child. I love that. I mean, food is just such a big part of any travel experience, but I think especially so in Italy, right? Especially in Venice. So speaking of the garden, I actually had a chance to visit the garden when I was there. It's located behind Viola at Doplavoro. And it's just filled with so many delightful things. I remember things like squash blossoms and other edible flowers back there. And I, I remember there was a salad with 50 ingredients in it. Can you share with us how the garden is designed and what herbs and vegetables you might find there at different times of the year? And then how guests might see those appear in, in your dishes? Every month I have new vegetable to harvest, uh, like tomatoes, for example, now we start with tomatoes, we start with aubergine, we start uh, with zucchini, we have the peas, we have the green haricots. So it's important this because uh, sometimes I organize uh, some visit with my guests in the garden and uh, together we talk about uh, the products, we talk about the season, we talk about uh, the many kind of tomatoes we have. And after, for example, I can prepare a tomato salad just uh, collected for the guest, like my grandmother was with me. Oh, it sounds so delicious. <laughs> you have to come. <laughs> my mouth is watering. <laughs> you said you take people through and share with them all of the things that are growing there. What surprises people most about what you're doing? First of all, I think how is beautiful because it's really beautiful. I think somebody who live in a big city, they don't know or they never see how is a tomatoes plant or a artichoke plant. So they normally they they have only on the plate. So I can take a tomatoes and try the tomatoes. I can clean on my on my jacket and say try this in a real Italian way. So is is not luxury, we can say, but I think is one of the best luxury experience because real food is a luxury in the kitchen for the future. My personal opinion. I agree with that. And I love that you just said that because I think you want to make luxury feel accessible to people, right? And there's no better way to do that, right, than through food and feeding yourself in, in a very real way. So I appreciate that comment. Yes. A very important is the cooking school, the Sapori Cooking Academy, where you can uh, spend two hours with me or with my chef and have some Italian secrets. You can understand how we make the pasta or ravioli. You can prepare with us a real sauce bolognese because I use the, the my guys and I asked the recipe of the grandmother from the, the guys from the Sicily, for example, which is the secret of Arancini is a, a rice bowl 
fried rice bowl or I ask from the Tuscany, which is the best way to cook the meat. So I try to catch the best secrets from the local uh, uh, recipe or local ingredients. And I try to put in all the restaurants, but in the Sapori cooking class. I think that just adds to the experience, right? Uh, and the taste that people are experiencing. The other thing I had an opportunity to do while there was to do olive oil tasting. You have this beautiful olive grove right on the premises. Yes, exactly. That is incredible to be able to source your own olive oil. We have, uh, and uh, we are lucky to have uh, this uh, incredible uh, side of the garden with the olives tree. We harvest in November, every November. We have a little quantity, but it's incredible. And uh, we offer to our guests uh, olives bread pairing in the cooking school. How do people respond to that? What happens to them during a tasting? You talked about trying to make them aware of the difference. What's a surprising thing that someone has really understood about the olive oil process? When the, the guests try our oil, they can uh, have a particular taste in the mouth because it's marine and salt. Is correct? No. Marina. Sea salt. Sea salt flavor. <laughs> sea salt flavor. Yes. Okay, sorry. No worries. When, they, when we have the, the cooking class with our oil, they can uh, taste our oil and it's incredible because you can have a sea salt flavor in the oil. So it's a wow effect. Yes, yes, yes. I could see that. Another great experience is the cooking school. I had the opportunity also to take a class there and I learned how to make chicchetti. Ah, <laughs> chicchetti. <laughs> yes, uh, these are like the, the very unique Venetian uh, bar snacks. Yes, our, our Italian tapas, we can say, or Venetian tapas chicchetti is one of the most beautiful things in Venice because you are with your friends in front of spritz or a good glass of wine and you can start to eat a piece of bread with some salami, with the code, with mozzarella and it's like a popcorn. Have people come to you and said, you know, how much they've appreciated the experience? Can you share some of those stories? Last year, there was a guest, they ordered a tomato salad, simple tomato salad with onion, and it's a classic of Italian food. The tomatoes were not cold, but uh, was warm, the tomatoes, because it was uh, uh, taken by the garden 10 minutes before, really. The guest say, it's incredible, the flavor of these tomatoes, and they say, they are just collected by my garden, we wash and serve it to you with some, some onion. So easy, no particular food, no particular recipe, only some cherry tomatoes cut in half, a little bit of oil, salt, pepper, and onion. It was, uh, for me, really appreciated because it's very difficult to offer the simple food. And uh, give a, um, a nice experience with uh, something like a tomatoes is for me a, is a happiness. It's really happiness for me. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Chef, for sharing all of your experiences and your vision, uh, your culinary vision. 
for the JW Marriott Venice and Sante. Thank you, Robin. It was a pleasure. Behind the Design is a podcast by Marriott Bonvoy Traveler. This episode was produced by Narratively Creative. Special thanks to General Manager Cristiano and Executive Chef Giorgio. And thanks to everyone at the JW Marriott Venice Resort and Spa for helping us out with this episode. Check out our show notes for more information on the resort and its wellness story, and to book your own self-care retreat. You can also read all about hotel design at traveler.marriottbonvoy.com, the online travel magazine where all travel is good travel. I'm your host, Robin Benefield. Don't forget to subscribe to Behind the Design wherever you get your podcasts and tune in next time to hear more stories behind the world's most fascinating hotels. Take care.